I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Do you guys, uh, are you guys cool if we start this week off with a little bit of listener mail? Sure. Always. So this came in through our DMs. I'm not going to say their name because um, uh, they just didn't give me consent. And also, I don't know, maybe they don't want this fucking blasted out to the world with their, with their name. Um, but I will leave their address and their phone number. So if you have anything to say, you can just reach out to them. Okay. Um, so this is from M. It's not their full name. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, well, you gave a pretty good clue for the first time, <laughs> and then when you give the address, uh, yeah. it's going to be a no-brainer. Yeah. So M said, "Hey, hey, uh, I was just listening to your episode about IUDs, which I believe was a Feel Good Friday episode we did about that IUD baby. Remember the uh, the baby that came out and was like using the IUD as like a as like Conan's sword? Oh, yes, yes. Um, I wanted to share my IUD anecdotes with you." I am an IUD baby. My mom got pregnant with me at 39 with an IUD in place. They removed the IUD, which apparently usually causes a miscarriage, but I held on. 25 years later, I had an IUD. Unknown to me, it had been partially expelled, and the plastic end sliced open my partner's phallus. It was an absolute bloodbath. She used oh. the word phallus. She did, yeah. That's good, an interesting use, choice of word. Good use of the word. And what what is what part of the is the phallus a, a specific part of the penis or, or just the, the whole penis? Just the whole penis yeah. itself. Okay. I think the phallus is like the general shape. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's phallic, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The phallic yeah. shape of a penis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So uh, which all airports? I don't know if you know this, but all airports have there's like a ring a conspiracy about how all airports have come together to propagate satanic phallic shapes yes. in all the imagery of all the airports specifically the denver airport that's right uh, wait, wait from like top down like satellite no, view? just look into it <laughs> do your own research dude um uh a phallus is a penis especially when erect so there you okay go. that's from go. wikipedia must have been the frenulum though to hit that and like could make- have been i mean look i've stabbed i've stabbed an iud and it could have been the side of his head it could have been, Ooh. could have been hooked into his urethra. Oh, but oh, think Jesus. of like just the fact that it was a bloodbath. Like I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that it wasn't like a paper cut. It could wasn't been, like you a know poke. what it could, you know what it could have been. It could have been uh, similar to like when I had my nipple ring in and I got out of a glass shower and the glass shower door, uh, the the edge of it hooked into my nipple ring and then tore and ripped the nipple nipple ring oh. halfway out. So what I'm thinking is maybe this guy was uncircumcised, had his like phallus in her. And uh, was just kind of resting in there, kind of like like soaking, and then just bathing. And so his foreskin wasn't <clears throat> peeled back; it sort of like like so snugged ha- back up, uh, and then hooked the thing. And when she when he pulled out, mm. tore his foreskin by you know two centimeters, like a little rip. The way that you just talked about foreskin is definitely the way that that. Women feel like when we try to talk about vaginas. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, like, you don't have one, so you don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're, they're going, <laughs> they're going, <laughs> Yeah. Well, nah. Yeah, well, that's, nah. uh, that's probably true, because I don't know what it is like to have foreskin. Um, uh, uh, M goes on to say, it makes me wonder if there is a genetic connection slash shared anatomical reason that IUDs didn't work for us. Well, you've come to the right place for the answer. <laughs> I know they say the chances of something like that happening with IUDs is very, a very small percentage, but I wonder about the accuracy of the reporting system. Of course, I told my doctor, but they just said, huh, interesting, and took it out. I don't believe any official reporting was done. 
So there you go. Thanks, Em. Thanks for sharing your uh, IUD woes with us. And uh, hope you're hope you are doing good and, you know, and finding alternative ways to protect yourself against uh, children that you may not necessarily want. I, uh, I I understand that there's many reasons why different forms of contraception make sense for different people. Uh, and and an IUD in you know from <laughs> from the perspective of a person who doesn't need to put it in <clears throat> sounds pretty sounds pretty great, especially in in relation to like the hormonal thing like where where you can bypass the the hormonal changes that take effect when you're using like a birth control pill mm-hmm. for example and you know right. obviously we had just had a kid and uh and kyla might be using contraception in the future so i'm like i'm like well i feel like an iud makes the most sense why don't, like why don't because, you just get a vasectomy uh because well, it, it is reversible it is reversible but it's not a hundred percent reversible yeah whatever i mean how many kids do you really want Dude, the fucking planet's gonna be no, okay. Gone. Well, this isn't the point. The point is, <laughs> the point is, all right. The point is, is that Kyle's like, ah, no, I really don't want an IUD because I've been like, oh, but maybe an IUD is a good choice. And she says she really doesn't want one. And I'm like, I'm going, man, you know, you never really hear of a story where somebody got their got their dick caught on a birth control pill. Nope. You never hear that. Do you? No, you, yeah. don't. you don't. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good argument for the birth control pill. But I actually answered. But you do a, hear uh, about people with the birth control pill that like. Well, I don't know. I was going to say like suicidal thoughts, but maybe I just made that up. I, it can do some fucking. It can do I some think, fucking fuckery. I think that was. I think that that. I remember seeing like there was a Vox did like a whole explain series on sex. Yeah. And uh, one of them was on a birth control pill and like the history of the birth control yeah, pill. Yeah. And I believe that there was something like, like a fucky yeah. birth control, like the early birth control pill was fucky with suicidal yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Um, I, I answered a survey question the other day that was, if you could take male contraceptive uh, in the form of a pill, would you? And um, it was, it was interesting because like, my first answer was like, obviously I would, I would be willing to take that. Non-horm- non-hormonal? In a second. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, but then I was like forced to, like I was forced to really consider when I was like answering the question, because I don't know when you, when you think about it and you're actually like pressing yes to it, it was part of a study. So, um, I was like, would I really, like, would I really, really do it? I want to give like an honest answer. And I thought about it and I chose yes, but it was a little bit less of a like obvious yes than yeah. the first time when I was like, of course, of course I would take sure, that. Yeah. And there wasn't any context of whether it was hormonal or non-hormonal hormonal but the reality is, is that the female one is hormonal mm. so but there are options yeah. that are not as well okay i didn't know that yep. like iud's yes right right okay yeah but not pills though right uh i don't believe so yeah. but I, i'm not sure but okay. I, I think that's correct <clears throat> interesting yeah. maybe there maybe like sugar pills you know like like if you do not like have, like have enough sugar, you can't. Con- like if you placebo have placebo contraception, yeah. Hmm. No, it's probably at least fifteen percent effective. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a, I'm, a the- I'm a theater school dropout. <laughs> we should have. Uh, we should have somebody to talk about uh, the history of birth control pills. On the I know podcast. just that's the person, actually a really great conversation. I know just the person, and I'll get them on the show. You know, yeah. I, I was at because I've been going to the doctor a lot lately. My family doctor because of uh, I have a small human at home now, and. Um, and there's a chart in the office and it's a contraceptive chart and it's and it like outlines all of the uh like different types of contraception and like how effective they are and it says like births per it's like births per uh 100 times you have sex or something like Too that. Too many numbers I'm already and, lost. And, 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 and <laughs> do they have the pull-up method on there? Yes, they do. Well, it's uh, not it's they, not actually I mean, yeah, no, it's so, called it, pull, on the chart. It says pulling out. Yeah, there's there's a different method, though. <laughs> yeah. And this the person who I actually was thinking about having on to, like, I'm, I'm serious about this. So she wrote a book called The Fifth Vital Sign. And it's all about the like tracking your follicular phases. I believe that's the word. Um, we had her on Turn Me On yeah. and it was fucking fascinating. And pulling out is a part of this um, this method. And it is it's one of the things that like Dude, in just Europe, isn't, it's, isn't it's taught super, super. It's not common. taught in schools. It's not like and she wrote she, it. One of the best Turn Me On episodes we've ever done. Well, and Bridie actually does it. Bridie does the follicular method or whatever whatever it's called. The well, fifth vital sign. When, is the when we were doing our, when we were going through IVF and we're not, but pre-IVF, <clears throat> when we were still trying to, 
have a baby by getting down. And we were, uh, Kyla said, Kyla was telling me about how this, uh, you know, like just how much of a, it's actually crazy how many accidental pregnancies there are when, because you have to be, you have to have sex in a very specific window. Yeah. Like it's not just a, like, it's not just like have sex any day of the month and that's that. Like it's like, there's like a period of time. And then within that period of time, there's like a smaller period of time. That's like, Mm. that's like the right time. It's like the ovulation nation. Yeah. But like, like, just think about the amount of sex you have. There's a, there's a lot of sex, but in, but, but Kai was telling me that in Europe and I think specifically in France, it was like, like a significant portion of the population was just tracking their cycle and they just don't have sex one week of the month. And that's just, that's just that, you know, those French, they love a good love to fuck. So they're fucking like crazy, like three and a half weeks. Is that super, is that like super effective? Yeah, Uh, it is. This follicular, I believe it's called the follicular method. I'm a, I'm a fucking, if you've got your cycle down, down pat, Kyla's cycle was always kind of weird. Like it was Mm. never always the same, but a lot of people have it where it's like clockwork. Mm. And if you have your cycle down like clockwork, I mean, you can you can basically say there's going to be four days where I will not have sex for mm. sure, or maybe five or six days where I just will not have sex in this window, like X amount of days Sorry. before this date, X amount of days after this date, and you will mm. like like ninety nine percent. Maddie's pretty dialed in. Like she, her Garmin tracks her cycle. It's oh, really? the it's the yeah. fertility method. Sorry, I'm an idiot. That's what it's called. Follicular. I mean, the word sounds right. That, I know. I just got a whole bunch of, sounds smart. You got follicles in your ovaries and yeah. they push out eggs. I was just trying to sound smart. Um, um, well, again, thank you, M. That was, uh, that was really, I love, love, we love getting letters from y'all. So uh, keep, th- keep that shit up. Love, love reading that stuff. Love hearing your anecdotes and uh, your stories about your own personal health woes. Um, listen, I got something that I want to show you guys that I, that I, <laughs> I think is Fuck, it really fucking tripped me out when I came across this this week. And I want to do it with you guys, but I kind of want to... I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what the best way of going about it is. So I have this, um, I have this coat hanger here, this clothes hanger. And... Um, you learn a magic trick? Uh, he, kind of. Yeah, kind of. So have you guys ever heard of the hanger reflex? I'm guessing you... If anyone, you have, because it's a very big TikTok thing i don't do i don't use tiktok dude shut the fuck shut up the fuck up you never just stop talking about it you're always fucking on it all right so so this is a this like became a, a like a tiktok trend um and i tried it and it fucking really made me feel weird okay so so uh, so here you know what i'll show you the video first so brian's then, just gonna pretend like he doesn't know the whole time yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll go into it okay so okay. so this is a this is a i have uh, no idea what you're talking about this right. yeah 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 this is a hey, bro t- this is a tiktok sort of like challenge that was going around um i think like sometime in t- september of 2020 okay so here check this out i have heard about this hanger thing that it makes your head move Okay, so Uh-oh. wait, 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 Uh-oh. wait. Makes yes. your head move. Yes. Now, wait. What? When you put it on, it just makes your head turn. Yeah, dude. Involuntarily. Okay. So when you're when when uh, we're each gonna do this, okay? And I and I want you to approach this. I uh, f- my 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 first initial thought trying to was, hypnotize my, us. My first initial thought was and uh, was to was to not show you that first, and was to just get you to put the hanger on your head without anything, and not say anything and see yeah. what happened. But I feel like it's better that you know what we're going into. And when we go to do it, I don't want you to like, don't resist it. Don't like, don't push it away. Kind of like hypnotism, but, but also don't force anything. Literally just feel what it feels like to put the hanger on your head and see if it makes you, in the very least, have the urge to move your head or like just a reflex, like your, your knee getting hit and your leg bopping, like bopping up. Like you actually have the reflex to just do it, okay? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm, and I'll show you, okay? And then yeah. we're each gonna do it, okay? You've obviously like, already done. I've this. tried this like ten times. This is like when somebody uses a Ouija board and they're like, yeah. "Look, I swear." Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Put the hanger on. It's moving on its own. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I swear <laughs> to okay, God. Well, obviously, okay. we all, we all here, try here, it. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. You try, you try. Taylor, you go first. Okay, because okay. <laughs> you know that. You're the most I, I, um, skeptical yes, person. Yeah, you're skeptical. But, so, the, but again, don't don't like resist it. Just fucking put the hanger on and just see what happens, okay? 
I, and I, I was like, when I was talking about this, I knew Taylor would be the one where I was like, Taylor's just going to be the one that doesn't. <laughs> it's so funny. When Nothing he, at all. When Taylor first put it on, I thought I saw his head starting to turn and then it looked like it just stayed perfectly straight. Did that feel weird? No. No. <laughs> and he put it on again on the other side and I sort of feel it. I, yeah. I feel like he's resisting. I feel like I can almost see his see, head moving yeah. towards me a little. Yeah. Like yeah. He went, uh, no, like, I know. No, I, I, so it's not, it's, I'm not, it, it's, I'm up on the mic, bro. Jesus it's, Christ. Sorry. Yeah. I don't have my headphones on. It's not like, it's not Here, take immediate. It off, take it off. I can, it I, and I can tell exactly what it is too. Um, it's not immediate, but I can but feel that I can feel the desire to yes. look that it's way. It's interesting because I've noticed that, um, like you, so in the video, the person's head turned to the direction that the coat hanger hook is facing. Yeah. I don't know and enough so about that. So yeah, when you know. did it, Jared, your head turned that way. Taylor, you did it. And I noticed like, it was almost like it was going to yeah. go one way. Yeah. And then, and then you switch sides, and then it was like om- almost going to go the other and way. Folks, I'm telling you right so, now, try this at home. Go grab a okay, go gra- grab a clothes hanger, like a wire one or a plastic one, not a plastic one that has those weird fucking hooks to like hook other shit, like pants and stuff. I mean, it's very subtle, dude. It moves. Part of me my, just it, wants, it moves wants my head. To no, don't, don't crank my neck. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm gonna try to be, I'm gonna try to be honest about this. Is that a good spot? Yeah. Yeah, I, d- I don't know if I. <laughs> it's very. If, I don't know if I'm just like really wanting to like. If turn it's my happening, head that way, it's or like. Yeah, let me see it again. Let me try I, it one I more know time. it's because of the it's because of the straight edge is right across your head, and there's a gap where the uh, where the thing twists up into the coat hanger part. Dude, no, not that way. It, it, it That's it, it the did. way you wanted to go. It, the, the, no, it's not that I want it to go anywhere. No, I know it just literally makes my uh, head turn that way. No, it definitely has to go in the direction that the can. Yeah, it has to yeah. go that way. See, so if, you, if you turn it around. That, that, that makes me feel so weird. So the yeah, reason why I, I agree that when I put it on, because there's something pressure against the side of your head, yeah, yeah. you don't like it. So you want to turn away from it or like move away from yeah, it. Well, <coughs> well, so yeah. there, there, so this is a thing. So I looked it up. The Wikipedia says the hanger reflex is a human reflex. It was first reported by J.E. Christensen on the 31st of August in 1991 in the scientific article, New Testament of uh, Spasmodic Tody Collis in the medical journal, The Lancet, in connection with treatment for uh, spasmodic Tody Collis. Um, when the head is circled with a wire clothes hanger, the hanger compresses the frontal temporal region and the head involuntarily rotates. It is not clear what causes this action. The phenomenon gained attention on social media in mid-September 2020, becoming known as the hanger challenge when people posting videos <laughs> of the reflection action. Now there's an, a website that I went to, to like check this out a little further. Should we clip this and put it on our TikTok now? I mean, Hey, do you think we'll go viral? Cause Might. I also don't think that I have the hammer reflex in my, me. Interesting. Uh, it seems too weird to be true. And I can't stop thinking about it. people on the internet are, t- uh, are talking, are taking hangers, opening them up and sandwiching their heads inside. Then their head turns to the side, seemingly without their control. There's no way this is real, I thought, as I got up to get a hanger from the closet and try it myself. This is from uh, InputMag.com, a culture magazine. But alas, upon squishing my head inside the clothes hanger, my head naturally turned to the side. Later, I tried it on my dad. Close your eyes and relax and put this hanger over your head. I told him, and sure enough, he slowly turned his head to the right. Turns out the so-called hanger reflex was reported in 1991 and in a 2015 study as well. Researchers studied 120 people between the ages of 19 and 65 and observed head rotation in 95.8% of the subjects. The effect is consistent in males and females and is direct and it's directional. You turn your head away from the hanger's hook. Researchers created a specialized machine, Mm. which wasn't a hanger, that presses on the frontal temporal region and recreates the hanger effects in voluntary motion. Oh, then I'm just in the 4% then. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's not quite clear what proximate cause is turning the head. What What's the physiological mechanism that recognizes the hanger-induced pressure change and produces the head turn? Jerry, can you play that video again? Yeah. I just want to see if they... Yeah. There's also little clarity on whether or not the hanger reflex con- uh, confers a fitness advantage or serves a real purpose. It's hard to imagine human predecessors sticking hangers on each other's heads as they roam the savannas, you know? 
But for all its mystery, the hangar reflex may be a good, maybe good for more than just entertainment. Researchers can develop sim- similar tools, or sorry, simple tools to help patients with dystonia, a movement disorder that causes abnormal muscle contraction. Mm. Which I think dystonia might be what that uh, Josh the Doodle has, that really cute. Uh, oh, that, like yeah. that, like Labradoodle. That's oh like fucking gosh. like tr- can't move, like can't run properly. I Can you play that, that video again? I want to see because I feel like they were turning towards the hook. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they're faking the Watch. one on the right. I don't think they're did. faking it. I, I honestly, I think that it like because it for me, it for me, it it's happened. It, I, I think it's happened both ways. But like, they, but they're saying in this study that it was supposed to be the other way. Yeah, it's supposed away to from the hook. Aw- Make you turn away from the hook. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I mean, also this is uh, this is some fucking yokel writing in a in a fucking magazine article. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So we but can't he, really he believe prob- anything. But, but they're probably uh, they're probably citing us the study. There's a whole video here of like of the the head like sort of like they're 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 putting like electrodes on do- people's heads while they put the hanger on their head and they. They made this crazy contraption that they put on the head to like, like to see why this does this. I do also like, and and it's hard for me now. I'm curious what would have happened if you had done it without mm-hmm. telling us what yeah. was, was going to happen yeah. because I I feel like in the same way that a hypnotist works. Try it again. Try it again, like, but close your eyes and relax. Okay, here you put it on my head. I'll close my head and see which way I feel if I feel like I'm drawn to turn okay. a certain way. This is a good study. This is a good study. <laughs> yeah, very scientific. Wait, okay, wait. Jared's standing behind Brian. He's bending him. Oh, no, it's not far enough down. I don't feel anything. It's not far enough in. Is if that I what you feel said, Brian? Anything? It's turned to the right. Turn it. How can you turn it to the right? But it's straight. He can't. No, no, no. Jared doesn't have a natural curve, so he he can't go to the right when he goes further in. No, I. What are you saying, Taylor? <laughs> oh, <laughs> are you talking about my penis? His penis was inside me. <laughs> my penis actually is super curved? super not curved. You got you're dead as an arrow, dead straight, dude. It looks like. I'm a, I'm also what's dead, that? Uh, what's that mo- monument in Washington? Uh, the Washington the, Monument is that, that what it's called? <laughs> I think I so. Think it is. That's what my dick. That's looks your, like. yeah. Same. It's very straight and yeah. phallic. Yeah. Do you, go, um, so, do you go straight out or do you go straight up? Straight up. Like I would go right up into my nostril. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I didn't move my head. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of sex, um, do you guys know what devotees are? Yeah, we talked. Uh, yeah, about- we just yeah we just ta- we just chatted about it. Yeah, uh, that is right. We did uh, because we were speaking to a woman in Anchorage, Alaska, who has been in a wheelchair since she was uh, eight years old. And uh, we were talking about dating, and and what came up was uh, sort of the fetishization of people in wheelchairs and people with disabilities. And there's a term for it. It's called devotees. Um, this is an article um, from The Guardian about devotees and the secret world of people with fe- a fetish for disabilities. And I thought this would be quite interesting. So a writer and accessibility consultant has delved into the underground world of those with fetishes for people with disabilities. Emily Yates, who uses a wheelchair due to her cerebral palsy, was first confronted with the idea of so-called, quote, devotees in 2011 when a friend commented that she was a pretty cripple under her photo on Facebook. Dude. A friend of hers? uh, That's the word they use. What year was it? Pretty cripple. I feel like cripple's been out 2011 for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss Yates, <laughs> for a long while. 24, has since explored the scene in BBC's three BBC Three's quote Meet the Devotees, the people turned on by disability. So this was a, an, a documentary that the BBC created about this. Uh, the writer is shown meeting both disabled people who film film pornography as well as the devotees who watch it. This includes so-called quote bad devs. Who enjoy watching those with disabilities struggling with daily tasks? Oh wow! Oh, bad dark. So that is fucking dark. So not yeah. not sexual. They're they're well, they, what, well maybe se- sexual, no, no, sexual no, no, for them. the person yeah. watching, but not but they're not they're not getting turned on by 
the sexualization sexual, of sexual things that people are doing. They could be sitting in Starbucks drinking a coffee, look out the window and see someone in a wheelchair without the without the, ra- the, the like curb the cuts. Curb cut, curb cut. And 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 just be rock hard that seeing them struggle to get up on the sidewalk. That's in- interesting is one word. Um, <laughs> uh, as part of the documentary, Miss Yates films herself moving from her wheelchair to her car to test the reactions of bad devs. The video was viewed over 4,000 times. Miss Yates also interviews devotees who cannot be sexually satisfied by able-bodied partners. Writing about her experiences on the BBC News website, she said she was, quote, shocked and, quote, hurt to be described as, quote, pretty cripple, as a pretty cripple. Uh, I was even more offended when I later discovered that, to some, it was the biggest gesture of admiration he could have given me, she wrote. After an angry Facebook rant, I found myself being introduced to a community of people who are sexually aroused and attracted to disability as friends pointed me towards some websites about people known as devotees. Miss Yates said she found the website exposed her to, quote, pretty dark stuff, but that she surprised, but, but that she surprised, that's weirdly written, but that she surprised that she Quote, found it strangely refreshing at times to find a community where people would, quote, love and accept every little bit of me. That's kind of a fucking mental fuck. Yeah, that's, right? what, like, that's what I was wondering about. Like, I was wondering when you started talking about this, I was like, I wonder if there's any part of it that like could be seen in a positive light, even though like that bad dev shit yeah. sounds so dark. And yeah. Well, I, I mean, just awful. like think about it. Like, think if you were. You were like a part of a. uh community of people that like inherently sees struggles in dating in general, whether that be like your own views about yourself and self and being self-conscious about whatever it is, being in a wheelchair, um, having to like, you know, disclose that information when you're trying to do online dating or whatever, and, and just feeling like you're getting no luck. And, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like you get fetishized by these people that are like totally turned on by the idea of you being in a wheelchair that I could imagine would come with like two very polarizing thoughts. And uh, like uh, that too, I could imagine that I can totally imagine that there's that you could feel like that's fucked. And like, I don't like that at all period. And like, that's it. But I can also see how it could be possible that you could hold those two thoughts Mm -hmm. simultaneously where it's like, well, that's fucked, but also, no, not but kind of, and and also thank that's you. That's what my therapist. Yeah, yeah. And also feels it feels kind of nice, you know. Um, the freelance travel writer who is currently uh, advising an, on inclusion in the 2016 Olympic and Paralympic Games also met a sex worker who broke her back and became reliant on a wheelchair. Leah Caprice shows Miss Yates one of her videos in the documentary. The footage depicts Miss Caprice revealing her bra to the camera while sat in a wheelchair before removing it uh, from under her top. But she said that as she delved deeper, she became, quote, wary and concerned the attraction, quote, was more about vulnerability and power. Mm. And that's where it gets fucking dark. That's Mm. where it gets fucked up. One devotee she met named Gary told her he viewed leg braces and wheelchairs like other C party dresses. (laughs) He, quote, I think there's also a problem when you fetishize something that it can hamper you from having feelings for the full person wrote miss yates mm-hmm. and like that yeah and, that, and that's yeah. the that's the part yeah. that gets like fucky in your brain where you're going well you're just you're just like turned on by the yeah. chair like <clears throat> it's right. not me and like and 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 i think that you you know you could sympathize with this in terms of cf and somebody who's like who, who might be paralyzed and uses a wheelchair for example would probably feel this way as well where they don't want to be defined by the thing they don't want to be defined by their paralyzation or you by your CF or right. by their chair. Right. And then this, this, and, and. Imagine and, how and fucked they, they felt. They felt, they felt that de- they felt that they've been defined maybe negatively yes. by that. And now all of a sudden they're defined positively by that same thing. Like imagine how fucked it would be. But defined nonetheless. If their I, sexual if, identity. Imagine how fucked it would be if I was with a partner <clears throat> and like, <clears throat> imagine how fucked it would be if I was with Kira my she girlfriend, your my, my girlfriend. Like, she yeah, got yeah, yeah. real wet from your cough. Yes. And she, yeah, she would get real <laughs> wet from my, the wetter my cough, the wetter she gets. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
And and then and she's real turned on by like taking care of me when I'm sick and like and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I get trikafta. Right. And there is no more cough. And there is no more like I'm feeling sick. And she's like, no more, no more mommy duty. Yeah, I'm no, I'm no longer wet because of that. Yeah, you're all dried up. That would be fucked. It's also, I mean, it's 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 great. Like the the person compared, uh, uh, like those mobility aids as to to pretty dresses. So imagine somebody just liked you for your dress, and then you no longer wore that dress. Well, that's the problem with fetishization. You You know, it's just like. It's a, it's it's less about the person at their core, and it's more about the. And I feel like particularly that, because like because then there's because you I'm know sure, just sure. the just the same way that it's not unfair to be initially attracted to somebody for superficial reasons, and sure. then and then to find out that's dating apps. That's that, exactly that, yeah. you, you know you we do you that see, every day. You see somebody and you go, ooh, I like X Y Z about that person, yeah. and then you talk to them and you realize, oh, I actually like the person too. Wonderful combination, <laughs> and you know, and and so yeah. obviously that could theoretically happen, but with in this scenario, but the fetish, like the fetish part, I feel like, especially when you attach the word fetish, like that is, it's such a strong word, yeah. Like mm. it, it, it's, it's not just an attraction. It's mm. like a, I don't know. What would you like it's in like your? A, it's like a fucking. Primal. Yeah, it's like oh. I feel like it's got hooks. Like the, it's but that, I mean, that word though, primal, yeah. because when I think of it, you know, you get like the, um, you get the uh, like the classic sort of example of like of like you know, you, your mom left when you were a kid and walked out of your house and she was wearing a pair of like red heels and now you like to be stomped on by red heels or something like that. You know, like there's like there's like those stories of like it wouldn't yeah, happen like that. Your mom would have to stomp yeah. on your balls with red heels. But, like, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, that's what I'm talking about. I was just looking for an example. But but my <laughs> my point is is that it's like oftentimes fetishes if I'm if I'm right are rooted in some sort of like past experience. Yeah, that, well, then, yeah. Fetishes and, and kinks are typically like they 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 without even knowing it they typically form in a person long before they're even like um conscious of, yes yeah. long before they're 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 matured human like yes and so and so i'm curious at about, least that's like, what the research says according to a number of people that we've spoken to on both podcasts and so i i'm curious about fetishes in the sense that like if you are a person and you have a fetish towards something you understand where that comes from and understand how that shows up in your life and you're able to like, you know, embrace it sexually, but also realize that it is just a part of your like, you know, sexual being in, in that sense. And you're able to separate that with your own sense of identity and appreciate your partner for also for who they are and not just like, because like, you know, it could be something as simple as like, you have a fetish for people like having sex with people with beards or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then, but like, does that mean that you should not have a partner with a beard or like only have partners with beards or I mean is it unfair to say yeah. Jer from your experience that like people who have fetishes and kinks end up typically with other people with fetishes and kinks no mm. not not no? often no. no I mean not necessarily no I would have I thought know, that that would be really that that would be far more common well and on Termion you, know, you know we've we've met a lot of people so you know there's there was one person that we had on Termion and he had a he had like a diaper fetish and he was and it and it was like it was less about a sexual thing. Change might not be. It I mean, yeah, kind of. Like he would wear diapers, he would use diapers. And but it it was it was more so tied to like an anxiety thing mm-hmm. uh, based on like past trauma. I was thinking and, of that when I when because I, I listened to that episode. Yeah. I was thinking of that when I was And then he met a, he met his partner and hid it from her for like a fucking year. And then she kind of like found out. And they had to have a, a a really tough conversation about what that means for him and what that means for her. And like at that point, like, you know, do, does she then get involved in that? Like if it makes her feel weird, like how does she how does she fit into this now knowing mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. thing? And and so in situations like that, you know, it 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 requires like a really hard and like honest conversation with your partner about what they're willing to do to like ensure that you feel like you're getting what you need. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not, uh, it's not black and white. You know, it's very, it's that, all these, like everything, that's, it's nuanced. That's what I mean too. In the sense that like, if you know that like you have a fetish, pretty black and white, <laughs> yeah. if you know that you have a fetish for something like understanding that, like doing your best to do the work and understand, and usually with help from 
a, a professional or a third party, um, like exploring that with a therapist and figuring out like, where does that come from? Or what does that mean to you? And like being able to understand that part of yourself yeah. and then, you know, being able to have your relationship and know what that means in your relationship without sort of mixing or blurring the lines together, I guess, in your own mind. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's really interesting in the it's really interesting from the psychological sense of especially if it's rooted in something because like you think of all the things like all the things that are that are present in most people and how those past experiences manifest in the present in some type of behavior or whatever but then the, and and then and and we might classify them as like you know just the way that you are mm-hmm. for a lot of things but then in terms of like fetishes, it's like classified, it's got its own very distinct box that like socially we, we, you know, we package up and we have a very, you know, very kind of like weird and mm. uh, stigmatized and taboo thoughts around how mm-hmm. we classify that manifestation of a, an ex- a past experience that presents in such a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we can get, uh, maybe we can get... Um, Emily Yates on the show to talk about this and talk about like the work that the, she did with this documentary. <laughs> I love Feel Good Fridays because they're like discovery sessions for like future content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, into. hey, <laughs> it's it's a lot harder to fill those uh, routine checkup episodes than it is our our Monday episodes. I'll tell you that much. You know, we yeah. gotta we gotta reach out to people. Whereas our Monday episodes, we've got thousands upon thousands of people that applied to be on the show. It's easy. <laughs> so if you are a professor, doctor, researcher, expert. Let us know. Or you know one that you think would be great for the show. Let us know. And if there's ever anything. I mean, this is very unlikely, but if there's ever anything that we say that's wrong on the podcast, like super unlikely that we would do that. But if. Almost never. never. I mean, we would never would. But if we ever do and you're an expert about something that we say that's, you know, wrong, like, again, it probably won't happen. Then just let us know and then you can come on and and tell us what would be right in that situation. Yeah. And we'll Um, tell you why you're. You might be wrong about that. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Speaking of guests, uh, do you guys remember Ethan Lipsitz? Yes. From, uh, yeah, yeah. From, from LA. LA. Yeah, from LA. Uh, good, uh, good pal of ours. We did an episode with Ethan back in the day when we went down to LA and recorded a bunch of episodes. Uh, Ethan sent us a message. Um, Ethan paints cars and they look fucking sweet. Oh, really? He does yeah. a lot of really cool shit. Yeah. And uh, one cool thing that he is doing right now is trying to kind of get a little bit of a. Um, conversation going surrounding our capacity for mortality and uh he sent me uh this little quiz that he created online our capacity to be able to die our capacity to like um handle the thoughts surrounding our death okay um which is very much in line with a lot of the conversations Mm. that we've had on the show so so he sent this to me and i asked him if it would be cool if we could talk about it on the show this week which he uh gracefully said yes and also i figured it would be fun to kind of take this quiz together um, at first I thought maybe we would take it individually, but I, I, I feel like, uh, to get the most out of it, let's take it as uh, a hive mind. Okay. Sweet. Okay. So, uh, the website, I'm going to leave the link of the site in the show notes of this episode. Um, and, uh, feel free to go, to go try it yourself. It really only takes about 45 or seconds. Do it with us right now. Well, you but do don't let our, right uh, our answers influence. Um, so the link is in the show notes. You can go check it out right now and do it with us. Uh, it says, test your capacity for mortality. This short quiz will help you understand your current capacity to support others and yourself in facing death and mortality. Okay, so here we go. Uh, number one, you hear your high school best friend's mom just died. What do you do? A, nothing, nada, zilch. B, text them. 
with a heartbreak emoji or a sad emoji or a uh, skull and crossbones emoji or a shooting star emoji. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's like text them those things, but just yeah. like text them text with, some, yeah. with some cute emojis. Uh, C, post your best pic of their mom on IG and tag them. D, send them a huge bouquet of flowers and a little card. Or C, call your friend and tell them that you're here for them. To the last one. I too, I think I would, I, if, 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 uh, if, you know, God forbid, if Ryan, if my friend Ryan's mom died tomorrow, I would, uh, first thing I would do is call him. Yeah. I think I want to, the thing that sticks out to me about that, that thing that, that pops out is the posting a photo on Instagram and tagging somebody. Like, I know that, that people feel differently, but I'm like, I'd probably do that too. But I think the first, yes. the very first initial thing would be I would call Ryan and be like, I actually, feel like that you know can't what? happen before that. To, I yes. mean, because I, because my, cause, mm. and that's my personal, like, kind of beef with social media in general is kind of like. It's a passive. It's kind of like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, yeah. talk to the person. Yeah. But you think it, it stands out to you as something that is not helpful. Yeah, because it's like it's oh, like sorry, it's I like you were yeah. saying that's what you would do. No, 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 uh, no. I'm yeah. saying like I'm saying like I actually strongly disagree with you on that. I'm saying like you're gonna post. Same. Yeah, I would. I would definitely do that. And and the yeah, reason see, why is I'll tell you why. Because so when I heard you say that, and I was thinking, why would that be a good thing? I was thinking, oh well, you know, imagine imagine a friend of your yours, their mom dies, and they're not your your best friend, but you care about them. Well, high school and, best friend. That's okay, what we're so high about school here, best friend. Right? So. So I was thinking like if that person also has a ton of people just calling them nonstop, maybe they just need some time to to grieve. Yep. And so maybe doing something more passive, like sharing a memory, positive memory that you have of them and their mom, maybe that is something that sort of gives them space but lets them know at the same time that you're thinking of thinking them. Of them. Yeah. And yeah, it's like when Brandon yeah. died. Like that I I very much felt compelled to make a post about Brandon yeah. share and that it, like I miss him and like and yeah. every anniversary of Brandon's death it's, I do the same thing me too yeah. yeah and and it's also a way of um letting other people know that like hey this person is grieving and yeah. like you know yeah. just be conscientious but I that, agree right? with you that it wouldn't be the only thing that I would do yes I agree like yeah. so so yeah. like that's a secondary thing to me uh call them would be number one calling them yeah. is the number one thing for me we all, we all agree with that? Yeah. Yes. All right. I don't have anything. I don't have beef against the social media post. So. All right. Here's number two. Uh, you're grieving the loss of a close friend two years after they've passed. Mm. Brandon. Yeah. A, keep it to yourself and your secret journal. Nobody needs to know. B, talk about it with a friend or therapist and get it off your chest. C, share a video memorial on social media with pics and your favorite song. Uh, well, uh, the B, where like you know when Brandon's what was it May eighth mm. I think you know we were like hey it's Brandon died yeah however many years ago today three or four years ago today I did that and the social media thing same yeah, same. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. but again yeah. to me it's yeah. like talk about it yeah like, I'm the outlier because like social media is just so off be, my it's so like, off my radar what is so the best because you post, handle our social media it's uh, posting great, on, post, great, posting, great on social, there posting on social media all right I see the difference how goes B uh, all right. Uh, a close family member was just diagnosed with cancer. A, what do you do? A, get really upset and go inward to process your feelings. <laughs> B, send medical resources and articles to support their care planning. C, send a card and flowers to let them know you're thinking of them. Or D, visit them in the hospital and just be there in the uncertainty of it all. D. D. Yeah, probably D. Same. There, I yeah, can't believe there's no answer that's like debate with your friends whether or not you're going to talk to them and then have a film crew encourage you to go and have that conversation <laughs> while the film crew records mm -hmm. you. Hashtag yeah, sick boy the documentary. Um, <laughs> like you, I, you can watch I, it on YouTube. Right I now. understand. Like I and and the the one about the sending like medical things. I think like if the depending on who the person is and yeah. like what your relationship with that person is, that could also be. Like if they're if if you thought that that would be something that they'd be into, mm. you can also see how that would yeah. be. It's a family, it's a close family member is yeah. what they said there. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, four, your partner gives you a book about end of life planning. What do you do? A, put it on the shelf and forget about it. Thanks, but no thanks. B, read it but don't do anything. Cool story, bro. Or C, read it and fill out all the worksheets included, overachiever style. <laughs> 
mean, what do Hold I on. really do, or what do I think is the right answer? No, no, no. What do you really do? I don't do anything overachiever style. What was the What was the first <laughs> one? Uh, just uh, fucking throw it in the garbage, That's right. basically. <laughs> <laughs> so the second one was read it. Read it. Yeah, I just just read simply it. read it. Yeah, I would. I would read probably it. just read it. I would probably just read it. Too. Yeah, yeah. Five. How often do you think about your own mortality? Uh, a. Never. I'm gonna live forever. B, once in a while when I'm forced to confront it. C, regularly. Seems like death is always around the corner. Or D, constantly, literally, it's the only thing I think about. <laughs> C. 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 C, but um, I, so I, I know that you looked at me when you said A. <laughs> yeah. um, never, I'm, uh, I'm never going to die. And I'm more like C, I think about it fairly often. But also, I'm still never going to die. Yeah, yeah, got you. Yeah. yeah. Six. Science will prevail. If you went to bed tonight, knowing you would not wake up tomorrow, how would you feel? A, scared. I'm afraid of what will happen. B, sad. I have so much more to share and experience. C, neutral. It is what it is. Or D, peaceful. Life has been good and I have no regrets. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Uh, B for me. B, you'd feel sad? Yeah. Uh, Tay? Uh, if you were going to go to bed tonight and you knew tomorrow was not going to be? Yeah, I'd be sad. I'd be D. You'd be? I'd be, I'd be, pre- I'd be like, all right, well, that was, I, then this was a good life. Yeah. I mean. I'm yeah. the one taking the test, so I'm going to choose D. Uh, uh, having, a, having a daughter definitely fucking because i probably would have said either c or d like neutral or like yeah it's been great mm-hmm. but then yeah the daughter i don't I, and changes. i don't feel <laughs> like i mean the the challenge with answering these questions is that like i feel like it's probably a mix of both of those things like oh yeah set, i, I definitely know, have and, a good cry and, and like and you know, it's and not feel that, sad that i don't get to like i think i feel all guys, of those like, things see you guys but also <laughs> i'd be like all right this is it all yeah. of the above yeah, yeah i think it's all of them yeah. well <laughs> according to our uh results here your mortality capacity is high you're fluent in death talk and seem to be quite comfortable with mortality congrats that takes a lot of work it would be sad if we just if we totally failed. bombed this if it was like you need to see a therapist <laughs> to talk about death i think we would uh, if that was the case i think we would have to just close up the podcast and uh, never yeah. record again. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a that's a really healthy thing for people to fill out and think about. Yeah. Though, like those yeah. are those yeah. are really They're important good questions. questions. Thank you, Thank you Ethan. Yeah. The thing about yeah, that is great. The thing about quizzes, though, is how people lie. Yes, yeah. and so many like people, how you lied during the the psychopathy test. Yeah, nope. I didn't lie. Yeah. I was the least psychopath, wasn't I? Know, I? Yeah, because but you were you the lied. most Machiavellian, and Machiavellians lie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't. Um, and I'm narcissistic, so I was just telling my truth. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. That. What was yeah. I talking about? Uh, it you, doesn't matter. Uh, about quizzes and people oh, not being yeah, honest. Like, yeah. And how often people answer quizzes, because I know that I've done this, thinking, or at least my initial thought, is to answer the way that I think it should be answered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, instead just gotta, of like really thinking about in your life, even if you though were in that it's only me in the room and a computer. Yeah, I just got an email from Ethan. What Power Ranger are you? Take this quirky quiz. Uh, he said, "Wow, you're brave. That was pretty cool. What you did back there, taking a quiz to see about uh, to see about your capacity for engaging with death and mortality is kind of intense. I learned I have medium capacity, but you already know how important it is to get comfortable with mortality." There are so many ways we can deepen our experience of life through our exploration of death. We can read books, go to grief counselors, watch videos and movies, talk to friends, travel, meditate. Or you can sign up for my course. He said, I dig this <laughs> TED radio. <laughs> he said, I dig this TED radio hour podcast called Rethinking Death. Um, wow. Thanks, Ethan. Would have been cool if you included my TED talk in this because it kind of has to do everything with that. Uh, over the coming weeks, I'm going to be sharing some resources and thoughts on how we may deepen our consciousness and ease around dying and living with purpose one big challenge i often face is how to support friends who's who's grieving i found this brief article to be helpful in that regard hopefully it gives you some valuable new tools as well with love ethan and now i'm signed up for a newsletter so i'm going to get a bunch of emails from ethan and that makes me happy (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on to uh this week's edition of what the hell 
Dolphins recognize friends by tasting their piss, scientists find in wild experiments. Dude, you don't have to look to dolphins for that shit. My dog does that every day. <laughs> oh, my God. My, man, yeah. I have truth, to pull my dog truth to off that. patches of grass where oh, a dog yeah. is just peeing yeah. because he's like just lapping it up. He's yeah. like, Oh, he licks it. Oh, oh yeah, he, he licks it. it. He just oh, goes interesting. Yeah. Loki, just, Loki just goes, pee? And I'm peeing on it. You know what's funny? <laughs> when yeah. he, Rupert licks it, and then if I pull him away from it, his jaw is just chattering. Like, he, oh, wow. like oh. it was like the good he's stuff. He's got a fetish. Like, he, yeah, yeah, that's does, called yeah. water sports. Yeah, Something happened water sports. When, he was, uh, when he was a child. Scientists I don't have, know anything about yeah, it. I know what it was. <laughs> it, was lo- it was fucking Loki covering him in piss. You know what, dude? It could actually be that. There's a strong possibility. Oh, my God. That's really funny. Uh, Scientists have discovered that bottlenose dolphins can recognize each other through their taste, uh, specifically the taste of their pee-pee. Published this week in the Journal of Science Advances, the paper by researchers at Stephen F. Austin State University, Texas, and University of St. Andrews in Scotland, found that dolphins can identify their individual dolphins through uh, just through the taste of their pee. Dolphins are so freaky. They are fucking freaky, dude. Yeah. Uh, the researchers discovered this while they were trying <laughs> while they were trying to find out more about dolphins. Uh, quote signature whistles. The specific <laughs> calls they developed to refer to themselves. Jason Bruck, uh, one of the study's authors, explained to Motherboard, "Quote: Dolphins essentially come up with their own name, but researchers didn't know whether these work the same way as human names." Quote: If I name your best friend you'll picture them in your head, right? The scientists wanted to know if dolphins similarly recognize others' names. They tested this by matching the whistles to a different sense. A human will use the same word to describe something, say a mug, whether they see, hear, or feel it. That's what we're trying to get at, Brock says. To do this, they needed to, quote, match and mismatch the whistle to a different sense as another way of identifying the animal. If another dolphin responded more to the match or the mismatch, it would show they knew which individual it belonged to. They briefly floated, no pun intended, the idea of waterproofing a high-definition TV screen to explore visual cues. Quote, but that would have been very, very heavy, very expensive, and very hard to move around, said Brock. That's where the urine comes in. The scientists recalled anecdotes of dolphins swimming through excretion plumes. That's piss. Uh, to you and me. <laughs> Is that what it says yes. in the article? Yes. Uh, that's piss to you and me. Uh, so, so, so the scientists recalled anecdotes of dolphins swimming through piss with their mouths open. <laughs> well, that's the fucking, I mean, that happens. That's just like, are they studying them in the ocean? Or are they studying them at fucking SeaWorld where they're just swimming through piss all the time anyway? Uh, uh, Guys, SeaWorld is so cool. Mm-mm. I used to want to work there Don't so bad when I was like eight. Sea World? So uh, dolphins can't smell because they don't have an olfactory bulb. So the researchers theorize that they must somehow use the taste of urine to gather information about its owner. After collecting samples from dolphins in lagoons in Bermuda and Hawaii, okay, good, uh, which had been trained, which had been trained to give urine for health assessments, they put the pee in quote a little cup at the end of a very long pole and poured it in front of a dolphin while playing the whistle of another, another dolphin. Researchers measured how long the dolphins, quote, sampled the piss, opening their mouths and running their tongue through the water. And if the dolphins' responses changed when the pee came from an, a familiar or, or unfamiliar dolphin. Dolphins kept their mouths open longer when encountering the urine of an individual that was familiar to them. When the urine sample also matched the correct signature whistle for the dolphin it came from, they hovered around the underwater speaker for longer than than when the sound and the pee did not match. This That's told them fucking... that dolphins can recognize others through taste alone, something no other vertebrate uh, vertebrate has been shown to do. So that's kind of a big deal, says Brooke. I, no, that's actually there. Like no other vertebrate other than humans, right? Uh, well, or excluding humans, I wouldn't fucking know your. I wouldn't know your piss to your name. Would you know? Would you if you walked or your, in or your fucking fart to your name? If you if you if you were at an we Airbnb, or your skin no, no, taste no, 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 listen, listen, you no know sense, listen. Well, if, you don't, Jared. But if you no, no, you know this. If you walked into an Airbnb <clears throat> and there's five bedrooms, and Taylor had slept in one the night before, and you walked through each one of those doors. <laughs> With your tongue in the air, would you know which one Taylor was in? Immediately. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's my point, you're right? right. 
But it's not because I can taste Taylor. It's it's just you that, taste the air no, from no, no, his. No, it's just that the it's just I can tell because the windows are covered in condensation, and the <laughs> ceiling has like droplets forming on it. And so, yes. so, so it has nothing to do with the scent or the yeah, taste. No, no, no. It really I just has that. everything to do with the quality of the air, <laughs> the thickness of the air. So, and I don't know. Is that all a factory? I don't know. I would taste that. <laughs> That's something I would for sure taste. Leela say, guys, that's not it's not real. Leela say, a marine biologist at Woods Hole uh, Oceanographic Institute, who was not involved in the study, told National Geographic that these findings open doors to other questions around what they might be learning from urine trials. Uh, there's uh, there are lots of quote powerful avenues for research for future research. Uh, Brooke agreed. Uh, honestly, more research is needed. So it sounded like uh, he and the team may be pouring we we over dolphins for a while longer. See, I I really would have to see that happen in action to really believe it because like it it almost to me like I I can almost imagine them doing it and it's just like hard to believe yeah. that they would be really getting the reactions that they're looking for and like I mean. Just that fact about training the dolphins in the lagoon to give urine samples to monitor their overall health. I like, mean, dolphins that, are like real easy. Dude, I mean, are I shouldn't smart say easy to train, but like, yeah, they're like they they're receptive as fuck to yeah. training. Super smart. But like, how do you like in the wild? You're getting them to come in and give their urine yeah. samples. Like yeah. that's why we need to have them in Sea World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why it's we easier. need to. That's why we need to round them up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Put them in a, and put them in a very small space. Um, well, folks, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, very fun conversation all about pee and wee-wee. Um, is SeaWorld still a place? Yes, dude, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. How? I don't know. Money. Who would pay to go there, though? Dude, like fucking our parents who just don't fucking get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think you know, it's like a product dumb, of a... Dumb parents, that's who. Yeah, because I think... I think And God, God knows there's, there's a, a fuckload of dumb parents in the U.S. But there's a lot and of... And Canada uh, and everywhere in the world. There, there is, but there is a... There is a I, I don't think a day goes by where there's not like protests at SeaWorld. I think there's like 365 protests yeah. there. Yeah, there should, as there should be. Yeah. Um, well, folks, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the podcast. You can leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can just uh, leave a little rating on the Spotify mobile app if you listen there. And uh, if you want to support the podcast further, uh, why don't you hop on over to our Discord? Uh, the, sh- the link to our Discord, which is where we're having wonderful conversations with hundreds of our listeners, um, and the, the conversations are popping off every day. Uh, you can find that link in the show notes to pretty much every episode. Uh, so we'd love to see you over there and have a little chit chat. Um, and uh, and just thanks. Thanks for listening. Tell everyone you know that you listen to the show. Tell everyone you, or just one person. That works too. And That'd then like a pay it forward type yep, deal. Yep, you yep, know? Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, everyone would be better, but yeah. One's- but like we won't be mad if you, it's yeah. just one. Uh, and if you want to let us know about something that we said that's horribly wrong, something that we said that's interesting, that you have some more context to give to it, um, you can do that by sending us a letter at letters at sickboypodcast.com. Uh, or if you want to be a guest on the show, you can go to sickboypodcast.com slash contact and you can fill out the form. Thank you so much to the people who make this show happen. Uh, a huge loving shout out to Rich O'Coin, who does the incredible theme music for this episode. And... Also, Rich just launched an Indiegogo campaign Yo. for his uh, new album that is coming out in like five or six months. Coming out in you, October. If you sign up for his Indiegogo campaign right now, you can get a digital copy of that album today. And got mine uh, a few days ago, and and it's it's fucking bang nonstop fucking playing. And, um, and I don't know if you guys know sick. if you, if everybody knows this, but like Rich O'Coin is. Kind like, of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. He is. He's yeah. An like, amazing. Like if you're listening to the artist. show, it's like it kind of just so happens that just because he's from Halifax and we are of sort of the same age, we ended up being friends with him. But he is like a fucking Yeah. Like he's amazing. He's like a legendary Canadian musician. And and like probably one of the best, if not the best, live performers I've ever seen in my entire the, the, life. For him for me, the best. Yeah. 
And um, so anyway, th- thanks, thanks, Rich, for the amazing theme music. We love you, obviously. We'll check the link to his Indiegogo campaign in the show notes as well. Um, and also a huge shout out to Jeff Lonis. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. So thanks, Jeff. We love you, too. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I am Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.